Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, final hour of the Lake Show, New Sock 830 WCCO. Going to pivot a little bit because one of my friends got back to me. He got back to me late, but he's right on time. Joining us now, uh, coming back to the show here on the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline, is Jeff Hayden, a former member of the Minnesota Senate, joining us here because I wanted to ask him some questions about just where we're at politically in this country with the, uh, the GOP just cannot come to a consensus in terms of supporting somebody to be the next Speaker of the House and how things are kind of playing out. Uh, Jeff Hayden, thank you so much for giving me a call tonight, man. How you doing? Hey, I appreciate it, Henry. Sorry I got back to you a little late. I was just uh, getting off a plane, so I saw your message. Hey, you are right on time, so no worries at all. All right, so give me your reaction when you hear the news that breaks earlier today that Tom Emmer was withdrawing from being um, from the race of being the next Speaker of the House of Representatives because it seemed like things were trending in his favor from the way that they were doing the inner uh, voting and stuff like that and him getting propped up and being put into that or elevated into that position. But uh, when you heard what you heard and the, the news broke that it was not going to happen, he was withdrawing, what was your initial reaction? You know, it was, I mean, there was slim hope. You know, I I served with Congressman Emmer when I was in the House, uh, I guess now about 15 years ago. You know, know, he's he's a firebrand. I mean, he's conservative, a firebrand. You know, he ran against Governor Dayton and, you know, didn't lose by that much. He was, you know, he was, he's known widely as being a strong campaigner um, and deeply conservative. So, and, and we know each other, and I thought, um, I thought, thought, thought for him, you know, um, though it's not necessarily my side of the aisle, that it was a good pick. But, you know, and he got through the process, got through the gauntlet. He was the number three member under McCarthy. And then it appeared that the Trump wing, uh, the president uh, didn't support, former president didn't support him. Uh, his folks started calling uh, that Freedom Caucus or those members. And, you know, the one thing Tom can do is count. So I think he realized that after he got the majority of the votes inside the caucus, but he didn't have enough, uh, you know, went to, to go to the floor, that he wasn't going to waste a lot of time and kind of get drugged through the news and, and, and look, you know, and, 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 and go through that process only to not have the vote. So, you know, he's a smart politician. Um, when I served with him, he was as conservative him and former Speaker Zellers and a few others used to be on the back wall. We called him the dog pound, and they were hard to deal with, and they were as conservative as can be. So, you know, if Tom Emmer isn't good enough or conservative enough or as far to the right, I don't know who would. 
I, and I'm glad that you brought that up because because I'm going to ask you a question about that because I've got some uh, – I'm, I'm familiar with Tom, too. Me and him actually did radio together um, on the weekend for about a year. This was many, many years ago. It's probably maybe roughly around like 14, uh, 15 years ago now. So so I'm a little bit familiar with, with Tom. Um, and you're right, like, you know, st- strong conservative. But I guess my question is, is is and you, you mentioned it, that the, the MAGA part of the Republican Party was not going to go for Tom Emmer. So if they're not going to go for Tom Emmer, I'm trying to figure out who the GOP is going to prop up to say this is the person that we want in that position. I don't know where they turn. What, what, what do you think happens here? Yeah, there's only really two scenarios that they got. They either cut a deal with the Democrats and uh, minority leader Jeffers and get enough votes to make the temporary speaker give that person more power in order to pass some things like Ukrainian and Israeli aid and other things continuously, you know, continuous resolutions to keep the government going and put it basically just in a very temporary state. Or, but that's going to require Republicans, you know, five, you know, at least six Republicans to come and vote with the Democrats and the Democrats be comfortable with whatever the package is. The other thing that was voted, I just was reading as I was, you know, kind of looking and preparing for your show, is there is some call, believe it or not, that Speaker, former Speaker McCarthy and Jim Jordan come together with some kind of pack where Jordan would be the number two guy, McCarthy would be the number one, and they kind of co-govern this thing through, um, which sounds, you know, not like, you know, anything that I've ever heard of, but that <laughs> might be the only way to get them through. And the question really begs that if that was the case, why didn't they do that from the beginning? Exactly. Why didn't they tell McCarthy that they didn't trust him and that they wanted to have somebody on their side to be in all the meetings? I have to tell you, when I was the deputy majority leader, you know, in the Minnesota Senate, we had some caucus problems. And people elevated me to a, a position along with, you know, former minority leader Katie Seaman to work as kind of a tri-governing, you know, process with Tom Bach because there was some distrust on all sides and wanted to make sure everybody's interest was there when we went into negotiations. So that's something that you can do. It's, we've done it on the local level. I've been involved, and I don't know why they take themselves through all that pain if that's what they were going to come up with. Yeah, we're talking to former Minnesota State Senator uh, Jeffrey Hayden here on the, the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm totally with you if, if that's where they're trying to pivot to now, which I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't think that Matt Gates is trying to go down that road, right? Because I think he'd look a little bit funny in the light, too. But I guess, let me ask you this. How do you think that we look on the global stage right now? Because I've, I've been saying for weeks, and I think that there are probably a lot of people out there that agree with me, uh, regardless of whether you identify with you know being a Democrat or Republican or if you're independent, but just globally, I just think that this is a bad look on how everything is being laid out and how things are are happening in the house. You know, I, I agree. I mean, one of the things that, that we try to pride ourselves as being Americans and, and our, our version of democracy is that there's a peaceful transition of power, right? People win elections and lose elections. People accept that. And then the, the next party comes in and they take over and they get their opportunity to govern. And so I think with this, you know, issue with, with Donald Trump or, you know, former President Trump and election denier. That started to come into question, and I think that this is a residual effect of that issue, is that, well, wait a minute, the United States has always been strong for a whole host of reasons, but certainly they've been strong because of the stability, and they go all around the world and talk about our version of democracy and why it works and why we're stable, 
And I think that because of the last election results, which you're seeing on TV every day, with the indictments that are starting to come in Atlanta around, you know, this, this, this trying to, you know, change the election there. And now all of the people work for Donald Trump, you know, are starting, former President Trump, are starting to, you know, fall and get convicted and then testify against former president. I, I really think that that is really challenging, you know, who we are, you know, in terms of the world standing, if we're going to go around and tell people that our way is the best way um, and that that's, that's the most important thing. I think that the groups, and I'm not a foreign policy expert, so I'm sure there's a ton listening and they can get on and like totally, you know, refute what I'm saying. But I also think that it helps Russia and China and our huge enemies continue to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, Americans are saying they're so good and that here's the things that they do and here's why the democracy works and here's why they're free to do what they want. But look what's happening in their country. And I think that they start making that case to other more developing countries in Africa and Asia and others. And I think that that becomes a matter of national security. Right. Now, I just went over my skis, but that's <laughs> what I think is going on. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, Jeff, I, I do want to ask you one Trump question. And the question was asked via our a text line earlier tonight, and actually a caller even called in. So multiple people asked this question. I don't know the answer. And I, quite frankly, I don't expect you to know the answer. I just want just maybe your, your, your possible opinion on this or your opinion on this. I'm trying to – I just – why do you think it's so difficult for the GOP and Republicans to divorce themselves from Donald Trump? And I ask that because it's not just because he's a former – president of the United States of America. It's also the fact that we have criminal investigations. We have indictment, indictments. We have very serious, and he has ser- serious and problematic issues that are taking place, but yet and still, he still has supporters. Why, why, do, you, why do you think that we have politicians and, and people that have been elevated um, to high-ranking um, positions in this country? Why do you think it's hard for them to divorce him, divorce themselves from him? Well, I think a couple things. I think on the ground, there are just a lot of frustrated people, right? And that they see a lot of, you know, the, the, the wage gap is as high as it's ever been between the have and the have-nots, right? And when you're in the, 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 the lower end of that bracket, you know, they're getting a steady diet. And the reason why they're there is because of, you know, say immigrants or people of color or you know, other folks, right, that are kind of taking the things that they need. And they've been, you know, given a steady diet of that, and they've been looking at their lives and the things that they've been doing, and it ain't working for them, right? And now I think that they've been fed, you know, a lot of misinformation. I think the, the social media and the Internet and AI and all those things that we see have been pushing that narrative on them. And I think that people now believe that anything that anybody says about the former president must be some conspiracy, like that can't be true. Um, or they actually believe that the election, you know, even though all of the experts are now saying that that's not true, or Mike Lindell, the old man, has lost his billion-dollar business because of it, people are being sued, Trump has, you know, been indicted, people are being convicted, but there's still a group that believes that there's a conspiracy. The other thing is that on the public elected official side, Trump wields that power because the populace still believes in him. And so thus, if they go against him, I'm sure that there's some firebrand folks that believe that too. But the political calculus is, if I go against Donald Trump and he all of a sudden gets on, you know, X formerly known as Twitter or whatever other social media platform, and he says, hey, 
that Jeff Hayden is no good. And hey, you you better not vote for him. And I'm in a district that still, you know, really that Trump polls well in. Then I got to do because I could do what's right um, and try to tell the truth, or I can lay back and not say nothing. I'll follow the president and then retain my seat. So there is Trump has weaponized like his power and his threats. And he uses social media effectively or his tools effectively to go after elected officials that are threatened uh, by by his power. So I think it's twofold. It's pretty complex. But for elected officials, it's scary if you're in the Trump wing. And then for people, um, we have to do better by all people. And because there's so many people, you know, the gap between the haves and the have-nots, the wage gap is so high that those folks on the lower end, what they do is they end up cannibalizing each other. So if you're a low, if you're a working class white person, let's just say in, in, in rural America, and think you've been forgot about, you don't necessarily look to corporations or you don't look towards things that might be happening or, or why your job got shipped overseas or, or, or whatever the system is. You then turn around and you look at, you get a steady diet that somehow Jeff or Henry or some other person of color, just by the mere fact that they're doing okay, that they must be doing something uh, to take away from me. And that's a hard narrative to break. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, man, I truly do appreciate you joining us uh, on short notice. I um, mean, you are a wealth, a wealth of political knowledge. Look, when I have sports and business uh, stuff uh, from an attorney perspective, I always have on my guy Steve Silton. He's going to be my regular. We've got a new lineup of oh, guests that we're boy. yeah that, that we're rolling out. We got a new lineup of guests that we're going to have weekly contributors on this show uh, with the uh, the Fox Nine anchors potentially um, as well. But man, I'd love to have you on as a regular man because uh, this is your wheelhouse. Hey, I'd love to do it, and uh, no, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, and I'm a former athlete. I can talk a little bit about sports too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and listen, and listen, hip hop as well and music as well, because I know you're interested in that. But oh. love to be on the show. You're doing a phenomenal job. We are proud of you, my good friend. All right, I appreciate it, and and let's do that, man. Let, we'll, we'll be in conversation. I have my people talk to your people, and uh, let's do something in studio, man. I appreciate it. L- Love to do it. Love to do it. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. That's Jeff Aiden joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero. WCCO. All right. uh, Remember the topic I was going to get to at the top of the hour before we talked to Jeff Hayden about falling out of love with your spouse or significant other and what you should not do. We will actually get to that topic and we'll do that next year on the late show. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data Fixed Median Download Speeds USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. If you fall out of love with your spouse or significant other, let me give you some advice. Because I've been heartbroken before. Just leave. But don't make it worse. This next, well, this story is the, it's super duper sad. It's, it's, it's something out of a movie. So a gentleman by the name of Connor Bowman, 30 years old, of Rochester, was arrested Friday and charged Monday in Olmstead County District Court with second-degree intentional murder in connection with the death of 32-year-old Betty Jo Bowman on August the 20th. A one-time Mayo Clinic physician with a troubled marriage and this is the, the description from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Fatally poisoned his wife and soon afterward told a woman that he was expecting a huge life insurance payout, according to a criminal complaint. He, he appeared in court Monday, remains jailed in lieu of $2 million bail ahead of a second court appearance on November the 1st. The Southeast Medical Examiner's Office determined that Betty Bowman was poisoned with a drug that's, that you're supposed to use to treat gout and not one she was prescribed. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, Connor Bowman was also working for the University of Kansas in early August, fielding calls as a poison specialist, the complaint read. During that time, he used university-issued devices to search for the drug, but didn't field any calls related to the drug, the complaint continued. As his wife was being treated at the hospital, Connor suggested that she was suffering from, and it's a fancy, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it's for short, they call it HLH, a rare il- a rare illness that attacks the body's immune system, the complaint read. Uh, the tests that she had for that were inconclusive. He then told the medical examiner's office after her death that the autopsy should be halted and the body cremated immediately. According to the allegations, neither request was granted. The um, male spokeswoman, Amanda Dislin, said that Bowman's residency training at the clinic ended earlier this month. She declined to be more specific. Uh, his his wife, Betty uh, Bowman, was a male pharmacist at the time of her death. Um, it says that a woman told police that Connor Bowman revealed that to her that he was anticipating a half a million dollar life insurance payment because of Betty Bowman's death. A law enforcement search of his home turned up a $450,000 bank deposit, the, the court document added. Uh, according to the complaint, 
A man informed police that Betty Moman told him on August 14th that she had a few days off, was looking forward to spending time with them. On August 15th, she told him she was home drinking with her husband. The next morning, she texted the man that she didn't sleep the previous night and felt ill. Uh, she thought it was something that was mixed into a smoothie, admitted to the hospital August 16th. Uh, she died in the hospital four days later. Also, a caller told the examiner's office that the Bowmans were talking about divorce following infidelity in a de- uh, deteriorating relationship, the complaint read. Uh, the, me- the medical examiner's office alerted police that her death appears suspicious to the point that the office halted plans for the body to be cremated. I, I mentioned all of this, first off, this is such a sad, um, tragic, um, unfortunate situation that never should have happened. Totally preventable. Um, if all of this is true, if these allegations are true, it's that's murder, clearly, right? But the bottom line, and I know that some of you out there will say, Lake, you're being too judgmental. Um, have you ever been in love? Yes, I have been. I just don't think, even if I have a relationship that goes bad, and I have, I've had, a, I've had a relationship. I think we've all had them. Um, I cannot harm somebody. I cannot kill somebody like that. I, I just, I can't do that. No. If I fall out of love, or if, if whether it's me being the person that 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 wreaks havoc on the relationship because I cheated, or if they cheated on me, it, it's you got to part ways. Leave, divorce, whatever it takes to, to, but killing somebody, taking somebody's, it's, this is the worst. I just, oh my gosh. Dude, I'm telling you this right now. That story, which, which you can find in the newspaper, that's something straight out of a Lifetime movie channel flick. It it, it is. And here's what I don't under, number one, we've all had relationships that have failed. There is anger. There's animosity, you know, there's hard feeling. You you cope with everything when relationships don't work out. It's a part of life. But then to have all of these, you know, everything come out afterwards where he told, you know, if people can see that you have a marriage that is rocky and I've had a rocky marriage, I've been divorced. Every, I think a lot of people have rocky marriages. They just hide it better from, from the general public. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're going to have issues, people can see that. But then when all of this extraneous information comes out and, the, and you want to stop the autopsy, number one, there's a concern right there because you would want to know what happened to this person. That would cause them at 30 years old. Yes, yes. A a healthy 30-year-old woman does not just, you know, fall ill like this so quick. Now, to be clear, she she was dealing with something. She she was dealing with something, but yeah, yeah, just just just. I mean, working at the Mayo and then all of a sudden just falling and it just no that. You you have all of this, and then to to tell somebody you were expecting a huge life insurance payout. I, I don't even know what would what would bring somebody to say that publicly. Like, if, if you're going to, and I, I sound like I'm sitting here trying to, you know, plot something, but you would think that you would want to keep all of this information close to the vest. Like, why, why would you just tell all of this 
to whoever this individual is because it's going to get to authorities. Like all of this is going to get out. There's nothing, Henry, to your point, that could cause me to want to hurt somebody or harm somebody. Relationships, yeah, you have that. But at the end of the day, when you step back, you want everybody in their life to be happy with whatever endeavor they're going to take. And it's it's okay that things don't work out, but man, this was, this is just such a it's it's such a bad bad story. It's terrible, man. It's 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 a disturbing. You know, it when, is he, when he's you see this. No, well, I'm expecting five hundred thousand dollars. You know, four hundred fifty thousand dollar bank about like you can connect the dots yep. and figure out that this is just a bad bad deal. I just uh, I'll never understand it. It just man. I, Hard worker for a family, man. That's yeah. just a very, very unfortunate situation. Absolutely. Yep. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather with meteorologist Paul Douglas. And then, um, look, th- there's an opinion out there that former athletes should just calm down on how they talk about other current athletes, and I agree with that. I'll tell you why. we get to that next. If you love the National Football League or you've been a fan for quite some time, you probably are familiar with the name Hugh Douglas. Hugh Douglas, former NFL linebacker with the Philadelphia Eagles. And currently, he um, he does radio for WIP. I think that's uh, a station out in Philadelphia. Yep, yep, it is. And so he, he does a, a midday show. One of the things that he has stated is that he thinks that former players they have to chill out with how they talk about ex-players during his midday show. And Hugh Douglas was like, he was a, I, he was a really good defensive player. He was a beast. Uh, he, he was he, he, very aggressive. Um, just atta- I mean, you, you should be aggressive, right? You're, you're, you're a linebacker. You're you know, a great defender. But he is somebody that he's got some swagger. He's got an attitude. And he talks tough. And he backs it up. But during his midday show, he said calling players garbage was the one thing I'm trying not to do because I see a lot of my contemporaries doing that. Now, I'm trying not to use those words like garbage and like certain things like that because it does take a lot to get to this level of play at this level. I 100% agree with Hugh Douglas. And this is the reason why. And I'm not going to sit here and act as though I've never called a player garbage or trash or whatever. But I'm even myself. And I never played at that level. So I'm, look, I'll admit I'm, I'm, I'm garbage. I'm trash. But in terms of critiquing players, I feel like I have to do a better job. Because it's... I don't think it's respectful. I don't think that it's the type of tone that we should be setting when talking about a player in their performance. There are other phrases, ways that we can describe and talk about players underperforming, not uh, playing well, um, underachieving. There's a lot of things that we can say um, or ways to describe all of that. But to just flat out on a consistent basis disrespect people, it, yeah, 
I think that we should all try to clean it up. And the reason why this has come up is because Steve Smith has been very aggressive and outspoken with stuff that he talks about on the NFL Network. We have uh, Dante Whitner went on a rant a couple weeks ago, former defensive back of safety, and he was just going off and just talking all kind of trash and almost to the point like, ain't nobody going to beat me up. I'm going to say what I want. Like, I, I just think that we should all just kind of rein it in. And I'm, and I'm putting myself in that. And, and the headline, it says, is this. It says, Hugh Douglas is right. The temperature needs to be lowered on NFL analysis. And I agree with that. I think overall it needs to be lowered. Because I, th- I think the thing with, with you know, Hugh Douglas. Stephen A, too. Stephen A, Stephen A kind of, he was at the forefront of this for me. I, and, I mean, this has been going back a long time. But I feel like now the space is so saturated. Like anybody and everybody has got a platform. And it doesn't take a professional broadcaster or whoever to come out here and say something. You want to get noticed. You got to get somebody's attention. And not all attention is good attention. Like there are people that are, are out there that are getting noticed for the wrong reasons. But they're still getting noticed. So how do you break through and, you know, have people talk about you when there are so many other people that are doing it? You got to say something. You got to put something out there that gets people's attention. But Stephen A doesn't have to do that. And, and, and I don't think that Stephen A always disrespects people. Like Stephen A has got some strong opinions, and he says some stuff that's kind of that, that's inflammatory, right? But I think by and large, his the oh, way yeah, that, I'm not talking about Stephen A. No, no, no. I, I am though. Stephen A has dis, he, he's he talked well. What he he even t- he's taking some stuff back. He said, mm-hmm. you know what? The way that I talked about Kwame Brown years ago. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that that was hard. That was that was that was tough. I mean, that was that was some pretty aggressive. Stuff. You know, so so I, I'm glad that Hugh Douglas is talking about this because what Hugh Douglas is doing is he's saying, you know what, I'm looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I need to be better, and I think that we all need to be better. Oh no, no question, no question. There's you know, especially on a platform like this, Henry. You've said numerous times, hey, I am paid. To give opinions. But there's a difference, I feel, from an opinion and a hot take. Like, I, I hate the, I can't stand people who are just out there with the hot take. But is I, there a difference? How do you yes, know? How do, how, do, yes, how do you know? How, how do you know what people believe or don't believe? Because I, when you've got an opinion mm-hmm. and you feel strongly about something, mm-hmm. I feel like you can, you can base that in fact. You can make an argument. Based on facts and logic. Yeah, but opinions, there are a lot of people that are opinions out there that, aren't always factual, though. They're opinions, right? But I, I, there are people out. You there. You don't have to base it in fact. No, but that's what makes it subjective. But I mean, when you're talking about the hot takes, those are people that will just say the the random thing. At least to me, if, if, if to, I say to me, that somebody's if, got a hot if, take, if, if I say that shallow. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the National Football League, mm-hmm. that could be a terrible opinion, and there are plenty of them out there. And some people say, well, you got terrible opinions about, about stuff. That's fine. You have every right to your opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a, a – it doesn't have to be rooted in fact. I might just think that Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback See, in the but league. I, but, I, but I don't look at that. That might be, in my opinion, a bad opinion. But, yeah. I, I, but I don't look at that as a, as a hot take. Like that's, that, that is not so obscene. And, and I guess, But hot takes are opinions. They are, but to me, I feel like they're they're phrased in a way where they're just they're much more inflammatory 
They're much more aggressive. Like they're they're meant to be out there and get people's attention. Hmm. Like uh, I'll give an example, like Colin Coward. Okay. Or even a Skip Bayless. Do you look at what they say and you're like, yeah, I, I agree with what you say. No, but but they put the majority out, of the time we don't. They put out these talking points to get people talking, even though maybe maybe I'm just giving people more credit with their opinions. Maybe I'm just lending, you know, giving people more of a, of a benefit of a doubt. But to me, I can look at some people. I'm like, I know no matter what you say, it's going to be a hot take. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, agree. If you call somebody garbage, trash, if you go over the line with your language, then to me in the way that you phrase it, mm-hmm. it's more about how you say it than what you say. To me, I feel like that's where it really gets into inflammatory. You can say something and have it be well-intended, but it comes off as just awful. Or you can say something in such an aggressive manner that maybe it wasn't supposed to be inflammatory, mm-hmm. but it just comes off as, as so rude and, you know, it, it just comes off as as very mean, very mean-spirited. And I feel like that's just where we're at. I, I mean, y- you don't have to be right. You just have to be loud. And I feel like that's kind of where we're we're all yelling and talking over each other in any aspect. Yeah, and we shouldn't be there. No, we shouldn't. I, I totally agree with that. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, final segment. We'll do headlines. That's next here on The Lake Show. All right, final segment here of the show. It's time for headlines. On the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830-WCCO. Let's see what Christopher Tubbs has on the dock of force this evening. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. A lot of talk tonight has been about uh, Tom Emmer, but you did mention earlier that a Dean Phillips for president bus has hit the road in Ohio this morning, foreshadowing what most political experts have been expecting, that Phillips himself has hinted at he will officially be running for the Democratic nomination for president. Now, ahead of his expected announcement later this week, the bus was spotted in Ohio and says, make America affordable again. It also uses Phillips' slogan, everyone's uh, invited. Now, Phillips is expected to formally announce he'll be challenging President Biden in the primary election on Friday in New Hampshire, ahead of that state's primary filing deadline, which is October 27th. Now, while the Iowa caucus technically happens first, the New Hampshire primary is the most important test for any serious presidential contestant. And unlike caucuses, which are typically used in smaller states that cannot or will not pay for full-scale ballot, primaries are a secret ballot election. Voters choose their nominee in private, which generally gives a better indication of their voters' stand. Now, Phillips has been outspoken, saying the Democrats need someone to run against incumbent President Joe Biden, who Phillips has supported but also questioned due to his age. I have respect for Joe Biden, uh, he told Chad Hartman. Uh, I think he has, despite some mistakes and missteps, despite his age. I think he's a man of decency, of good principle, of compassion and empathy and of strength. But to answer your question, which I know is quite rare, no, I don't. Now, Phillips told Chad Hartman last August, been exploring a run for president, but then was undecided. And then over the weekend, a source close to him told Chad and political analyst Blois Olson that it is happening. I think this is a good thing. I'm dead serious. I've said this from the start that I don't think that whatever political party you support, that you should just be running unopposed. I, yes. I just don't believe in that. I don't. I, I believe that even though Joe Biden, I think, is getting us um, back on track, 
and there's a certain level of respectability that the U.S. is gaining again that mm-hmm. we lost. We lost, yep. It's not like he's a king. Donald Trump isn't a king. These people should be ch- – you challenge people with policies and ideas. And to think that Joe Biden thinks that he's just going to waltz into another presidency, if that's the – let the people decide. If the yeah. people say we want Dean Phillips – the more power to the people. If the people say that they want Joe Biden, but people looking at this is the thing that I hate are the people that are saying that Dean Phillips is some sort of bad guy no. because he wants to challenge Joe Biden. How about Dean Phillips' hopes and aspirations and dreams in life? Is he not entitled to run for president? Stop it, man. Yeah, I, I hate this. Well, I. It seems like everybody that anybody that runs on the GOP side is being disloyal to the king. Like it's not like it's you're you're being a traitor to your party. When in reality, more ideas are good. See, Dean Phillips, I feel has been respectful in the whole process. Joe Biden, I don't feel is insecure enough with looking at Dean Phillips saying, "I I don't want you to run." I you know, you're going to get there. It's okay. To have these difference of ideas, and then you hash it out. I, this will sort itself out, but I think maybe even playing the long game, I think this is great for Dean Phillips. I, I just – I do, do we think that uh, Ron DeSantis is a traitor to Donald Trump? No. I would not call Do- Ron no. DeSantis a traitor to Donald Trump. No, not is at all. Is Nikki Haley a traitor to Donald Trump? But that's how Donald Trump feels because no. he's the front runner. No, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about supporters of Donald Trump, supporters of Joe Biden. If you think that Dean Phillips is some sort of traitor, stop it. Knock yeah. it off. Oh, yeah. If, if you challenge Donald Trump, like his loyalist will tell you that that is the worst thing you can do is to challenge Donald Trump. Everybody fall in line. Like you said, kiss the ring. But even and, with Joe Biden, it's just I think it's ridiculous talk. Absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, there's you can have more than one person. Hey, speaking of Donald Trump, uh, his former attorney and fixer, Michael Cohen, testified that uh, earlier today, and he and former Trump organization CFO Alan Weisselberg would manipulate the statements of financial conditions, the documents at the center of the civil fraud trial, based on what Trump wanted his net worth to reflect. Now, Cohen testified that Trump would tell him and uh, Weisselberg what he wanted his total net worth to be. Then Cohen and uh, Weisselberg would reverse engineer the asset valuations in a statements of financial condition to achieve that number. I mean, this is that so fraudulent. It's so fraudulent. The net amount that they'd back into the statements was, quote, whatever number Mr. T- Trump told us to. Yeah. What? Tell everybody that Henry Legs worth $50 million. If I write it down on a piece of paper. Am I even worth $50? $50 million. I put it at $50 million. Look, I put it on a piece of paper. Therefore, that's that's your net worth. Do I, do I even have 50 cents in my pocket right now? 50 cent? Man, and I ain't talking about the rapper either. In the club? Never mind. Hey, the, the, do you ever see Squid Game? I never did see it. Oh, dude, it, it's, it's just a freaky concept. Now, Netflix released a trailer for Squid Game, The Challenge. Yesterday, giving the first full look at the uh, anticipated reality competition mm-hmm. that is based on the uh, based on the streamer the uh, streamer's you know success. Now, while the challenge thankfully is not a matter of life or death, 
as is graphically depicted in the namesake series. The reality show's preview showcase sets the games nearly identical. There's an animatronic doll that makes an appearance as contestants test their luck in a game of red light, green light, where they're marked with what appears to be a black liquid. The trailer also features a look at the terrifying glass bridge, honeycomb, and marble games, as well as appearances by the pink soldiers who run the games. Apparently, according to the official synopsis, the uh, series follows 456 contestants. The winner gets $4.56 million. Wow. I've never seen Squid Game. It's So I definitely I need creepy. to check it out. It, it, is, it is really, really creepy. And finally, one thing we all do like is tacos. And taco, I love tacos. Taco Bell has finally won their fight over the Taco Tuesday trademark. I hate this, though. In all 50 states, with New Jersey now being the lone holdout. The chain's month-long effort to cancel usage of the trademark ended today with Taco Bell saying that its ambitious goal has been met after Gregory's Restaurant Bar in Summers Point, New Jersey, forfeited their trademark this week after more than four decades of owning it. Taco Bell didn't reveal if a financial settlement was... I hope that Gregory's Restaurant and Bar got paid. How dare you, Taco Bell, trying to bully or bullying a smaller restaurant and bar? They had the trademark. For four decades. I, I hate this. Yeah. It, it, four decades they had it. Now, apparently, if you know Gregory's would have kept fighting it, they would have had litigation in upwards of $100,000 to pay. But, but Taco Bell, they are giving New Jersey members of their app-based loyalty program free Doritos Locos Tacos on November 21st with no purchase necessary to celebrate the surrender of their smaller competitors. So if you got the app, you live in New Jersey on November 21st, you get a free Doritos. I hate this, man. I hate it's The little guy always gets screwed. I hate this. Gregor's Restaurant Bar. They got screwed, man. It was their trademark. Let them have it. I mean, we all say Taco Tuesday. Does that Are they going to come after me? Gosh. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. Full show. As always, tomorrow night, 6 until 9, right here on The Good Neighbor. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.